Good morning, good morning. Today, let's talk about adhesives. Adhesives are the number one product that we use when doing eyelash extensions. We have bare bones kit, we have extensions, tweezers, adhesive. These are the three main components that we need to get the job done. Everything else is just additive. Of course, we've got our iPads. We can sub out our tapes. You know, we've got our cleansers, our primers, or this or that. There are a million ways that we can add on to it. But bare bones, what we need, quality tweezers, quality adhesive. So what do we do? Where do we start? How do we know when we have the right adhesive that we need? Hmm. Good question. We take our tweezers, we dip into the adhesive, and we place onto that natural lash. So then what? What happens? Do you ever experience where you brush through your client's lashes and those extensions just pop right off and you know that you isolate it appropriately, you have the correct amount of adhesive, and then just ping, those, those extensions just pop right off. And what is happening? Why aren't these lashes lasting? The number one thing that we need is retention. That's how we keep our guests happy. That's how we keep our clientele repeating, is just having that great retention course we need a beautiful design we need to have that click with our client that, that relationship rapport that we are excited to go to work every day because we love our guests coming but they're not going to keep coming if they don't have good retention if that adhesive isn't lasting on those lashes and they're not experiencing the ideal extension then they're not going to keep coming back so having the adhesive the appropriate adhesive for us is going to be primary. With with poor adhesive, those lashes won't last. With poor adhesive, they won't even have a good set when they come up off the table. With poor adhesive, it could be so fumy that the clients get sensitized. With poor adhesive, we have a poor set, poor retention, poor repeat business, poor business out of business. Adhesive is where it's at. So let's dig in a bit and see what it takes to have a good adhesive and what we can do about it. Science time! Let's break down the ingredients that are inside of our eyelash extension adhesives. And let's just, you know what, let's even, let's step back even further and talk about, oh boy, eyelash extensions as as a whole. So why do we even have eyelash extension adhesive? Why why do we have a specialty adhesive just for this service? You know, there were times where people were using strip lash adhesive or latex glue, kind of like what you would use during slip strip lashes or maybe what you would use during um, like some types of hair extensions. Use various types of hair extension adhesive. And so some stylists that have this material on hand would use that on extensions instead. I've, I've heard uh, uh, super glues being used and nail glues being used for, um, for false, false nails. There are all types of problematic adhesives that can and have been used. I shouldn't say can be used, I'm saying uh, they should not be used, but 
they are sometimes being used, and it causes major problems. And this is part of what led to regulation, is making sure that people were educated on appropriate adhesives for this particular service and mandating that inappropriate adhesives are not being used. So super important that we're using appropriate adhesive for this service. We are working on people's eyes. This is such a sensitive part of people's bodies. You only get your two eyeballs. So there is an incredible amount of trust being placed on stylists to do an appropriate job, trusting that we will take care of their eyes, that we will protect their skin, that we will protect their eyes and their eye health, not pass on any communicable diseases, not pass on any any germ cooties, not pass on any, um, like, lashes too heavy that will cause premature lash loss of the natural eyelashes. We want to be taking care of our guests and a big part of that as well as of course the retention of the extensions is also just taking care of our clients health in general. So if we're using an adhesive that isn't appropriate to be around the eyes then we're not taking good care of our clients and we're not taking good care of our business which of course is a second cherry to taking care of our guests. Their health comes first, always. So we need to use an adhesive that can be used near the eyes. So we want something low fume. We want something that is as close to hypoallergenic as we can. So we would not want to use latex in this case. So those folks that we're using the um, latex glues, the strips glues, or the um, hair extension adhesives. And of course, there are many types of hair extension adhesives. But um, what was being used in the past sometimes uh, was a latex base. And latex is incredibly fumey. If you've ever smelled it, you have that strong smell and fume that comes off of it. And that is a specific chemical, and it'll come to me. I am I'm struggling to think of the name of, of that chemical that's being offset. Um, oh my goodness, it'll come to me. I'll come back to it. But it is it is a noxious chemical that isn't great to be on the sensitive eyeballs. So we don't we don't want that. And um, we want something that's going to dry faster. So dry quickly, I should say. So faster than latex but something that will dry quickly so we're not having wet glue on the eye that's not a safe thing to do something that isn't noxious fumey something that's low fume so we're not putting uh, chemicals near their eyes that are going to cause their eyes to water or cause reactions with the, the liquid or the mucosal of their eye themselves something that isn't going to um, cause any irritation so something that is going to be um, as close to hypoallergenic as we can. And there are plenty of people with latex allergies. This is one of the reasons why latex gloves aren't really keen to be used. We want something that is latex-free and vinyl-free because that's another common allergy type. But um, we want to use an adhesive that is then quick, gentle, and effective. And oftentimes, um, well, I shouldn't say oftentimes, much all the time. What that means is cyanoacrylate. And cyanoacrylate is the family of adhesive 
that is very quick drying and plasticizes. So it turns into acrylic. It turns into plastic. So cyanoacrylate. Acrylate is that acrylic. So cyanoacrylates are very quick curing adhesives. And um, they are in the family of adhesives that include what the um, physicians would use to do stitchless sutures. So if you go in and you have surgery or if they're closing a wound, um, rather than doing the thread needle stitches that's common, sometimes they will, they being the physicians, will opt for a adhesive that will close up the wound that will they'll take both sides of the wound and glue that shut and then the body will then um, heal itself and then you don't need to have those stitches removed this is especially common if it's something maybe in a in a fast-paced environment and not to get morbid here but um, this type of adhesive was invented i want to say it was world war one where this type of um so cyanoacrylate was invented to close up wounds on the battlefield where there wasn't time to properly do the, the stitching and move people along. So kind of morbid and not, not a friendly um, companion to thinking about our eyelash extensions today, but that's sort of the origins of this family of adhesives and how quickly that they, they work and how... Um, mostly gentle they are to the skin mostly as comparative to people's reactions to things like latex or vinyl so that's a little bit on the cyanoacrylates and this is what is going to be the base ingredient for all eyelash extension adhesives they are all going to be a cyanoacrylate base if you take any adhesive go ahead and grab you know several different brands and put them next to each other and look at the bottles you'll see the ingredients listed and they will say the same thing there will be cyanoacrylate there will be some sort of pigment and then there will be a stabilizer and that's it. So these three components. So the vast majority of each bottle of the cyanoacrylate eyelash extension adhesive is going to be about, uh, I'm in the neighborhood of between 95-98% cyanoacrylate. And then the other 2-5% to is going to be made up of the material that pigments the adhesive and the material that stabilizes the adhesive. So most common we have our black tinted adhesives and this is common because you know mostly we have black extensions that's our most common extension that we use and so we have black lashes black extensions we want to have that depth on the client's eyes so we're using a black adhesive we can see it when it's colored and it's going to give extra depth if it's black so this is our most common colored adhesive so often then we will have a carbon black and that will be the pigment inside of the adhesive now and again, you'll see clear adhesives or you'll see translucent adhesives that maybe have a bit of pigment in them, but they are see-through. And this is something that is typical of more sensitive types of adhesives. And we'll, we'll step aside the um, pros and cons for different types of adhesives. But just for talking about the ingredients right now, let's just focus on the pigment aspect of it. Um, so carbon black is the most common type of uh, black pigment but again for those translucents or for those um, other like slightly tinted there there may be a different color pigment um, but so you have your cyanoacrylate your pigment and then your stabilizer 
A stabilizer is a preservative. So without it, that adhesive would just dry up right away inside the bottle. That adhesive is just so quick that it's it's going to dry up automatically. So we need to put a preservative in it to um, slow down that pace of the adhesive drying, um, curing. So we need to have something in there to um, retard that process. And that is a, that is the proper terminology for a chemical to slow down a reaction. So what we are often using for stabilizers, and this can vary, but there's going to be some type of hydroquinone is, is one. Um, I'd have to look at some other bottles and get back to you, but there are, there are various types of, um, of, stabilizers that are used in, again in very little amounts. So I mentioned hydroquinone because our friends over the pond in the, um, Europe, some countries do not allow for hydroquinone. It has been banned, um, because there has been some science that in high amounts, hydroquinone can lead to some issues, um, some I would, I'm going to say medical issues, um, but it's all about dosage and frequency. And when we're talking about the minimal amount using, um, inside of some adhesives as a stabilizer, the levels are so low that it doesn't qualify as, um, giving off those, those potential issues. But again, um, there are countries with a zero threshold, so not all of these adhesives are going to be universal, um, universally used, but I'm just saying that there are different types of preservatives, and that is, that is one option. So the base ingredient across the board is that cyanarchalate, and then there are varying degrees of your pigments and your stabilizers. So that being said, when someone has an allergy, a true reaction to adhesive, and we've narrowed it down to it being an adhesive, what do you think the ingredient culprit is in this instance? Adhesive allergies. So, what do you think that ingredient is that causes the most sensitivity? Well, typically, that is going to be the cyanoacrylate. The acrylic itself is something that people can be sensitive to. So if they're allergic to that, then they're going to be allergic to any brand across the board because that is that main component. So if someone is known to be allergic to acrylic or artificial nails or anything like that that they've had in the past, they've had those um, sutures and they have been sensitive, then right out of the gate, is a pretty good indicator that they are going to be allergic or at least sensitive to this adhesive. Now, if there are some other signs and potentialities or unknown, then you can go ahead and do what's called a patch test. And in a patch test is where you would use the products that you'll use during your service, the full service, and apply those to the client. So when I do this, it looks something like this. So we cleanse the eye using the foaming cleanser that we'll use during a traditional full set. We will use the under eye pads that we would use during the application. And I will put on a few, just a sprinkling of eyelash extensions. Now I choose a thin extension that matches 
or is shorter than the length of their natural lash. So these lashes, these extensions will just blend in seamlessly with their naturals. So it won't just have a few, you know, duck feathers sticking out at the end. So I just add on a sprinkling, maybe three to five extensions on to one of the eyes, just one. And we see how they do. And we narrow out some of our variables. You know, are you sensitive to this adhesive? Well, we can swap that out for a different type of cleanser. Are you sensitive to this under eye patch? Well, this has aloe vera in it, vitamin E, things like that. Sometimes vitamin C, collagen, other things. If someone is sensitive to one of those ingredients, okay, we'll just swap it out for a different type of eye pad. Or is it the acrylic adhesive itself? Is the upper eyelid having expressions of being allergic, having their response to the eyelash extension and not the topical items like the, the cleanser and the under eye pads? Once we've narrowed it down and we've had these results from a patch test, then we can move forward and decide how we want to proceed or not proceed with our procedure. <laughs> so that's how I do the patch test oftentimes. But there are other methods that people will sometimes do with a patch test. Um, again, manufacturer's instructions, see what they have to say and, and what their recommended um, system is for doing a patch test. But sometimes people opt to add just a drip of adhesive to the inner wrist or inner elbow or behind the ear or something like that so that um, they can see how a person will respond when they have that adhesive on them. Now, the pros and cons of this are this acrylic is not meant to be touching someone's skin. It is uncomfortable. It is plastic and it, it firms up. So it feels itchy just because you have this plastic, this firm plastic piece on your body. But, um, you know, it's not intended to be touching the skin. So we know how adhesive cures. It cures through moisture. So moisture from our skin is going to snap cure that adhesive and it's going to feel uncomfortable and dry because it's zapping the moisture from our skin. So already it's going to be a little bit irritating. And, you know, it's not <clears throat> necessarily a true example of what it will be because we're applying this adhesive to the hair and not to the skin. So a little bit of, you know, we'll be experiencing a lot more um, a contact with the adhesive when you opt for a patch test that's directly to the skin versus doing it on the on the hair like you would normally use like such a small amount on the uh, on the eyelashes themselves. So there's a couple ways to go about in doing it. Some would argue that having that excessive amount of adhesive would be an even better indicator of sensitivity. And some would say that, well, it's not true, be not a true indicator since it's on the skin versus the hair. And, you know, it goes back and forth. I tend to believe that the skin of the eye and the eye area, which is more sensitive than the skin on our inner elbow, is going to have a greater chance of response than on a part of our body that isn't quite as sensitive. You know, our eyes are meant to be very sensitive to block things out that are, you know, harmful to us. So pros and cons of doing it in different methods, again, look and see what your manufacturer recommends on how to proceed. But, um, but that is a basic patch test. So when it out, patch tests, and in some cases, insurance companies will want you, mandate that you do a patch test on your client or have your clients sign a waiver of opting out um, so that you have yourself covered um, just in case there is a reaction and if a client were to take legal action. So knock on wood, hopefully nothing like that would ever happen or have such an extreme um, response or reaction that it would cause something as severe as that. But um, 
look into your insurance, look into your local legalities and do what's best for yourself and for your client. So that is it today for adhesives. And next time we will do, or maybe not the very next time, but in the future, we will talk more about adhesives and we will talk about noticing allergic reactions, noticing sensitivities, what those responses look like, how they're expressed in the person's physiology, and um, and what to do about it. So stay tuned for that. And as always, if you have any questions, any topics that you'd like to hear, go ahead and put them in the notes. Send me a message. Let me know so we can have some topics discussed that are actually pertinent to you and are what you're interested in and want to hear about. So I'm glad you're listening today. Everyone take care and happy lashing.